Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we have been attentive to you. You have already blessed us as we have been worshiping you. May now the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. This morning, we are invited to share together in what is called the Joyful Feast of the People of God. It's the Lord's Supper. It's the meal that Jesus prepared for his followers, for all of us, with his body and his blood. As we are in this beautiful room this morning, I invite us to enter into another room. It's a large room, much larger than this. It is set with tables on which is the finest linen, goblets, china, and the best array of foods that anybody could possibly imagine. It's the banquet room of Evel Mordach, the newly crowned king of Babylon. And we are the invited guests to sit there with the king at the king's table. At the far end of the room, a door opens, and in walks a man who doesn't seem like he belongs there. All eyes turn to him and say, who, who is this man? Oh, maybe, he's, maybe he's one of the servants who has come to serve us, or, or maybe he's somebody who has just wandered through the palace and came into the wrong room. We've never seen him before. However, this newly crowned king of Babylon, Ivo Merodach, gets up from his table and walks back to that door where that man just entered. And you can just hear the buzz in the room as uh, everybody's thinking, what is the king going to do? This is an intruder. How is he going to treat this intruder? I imagine he's just going to toss him out. Everybody's wondering. And then to everybody's surprise, the king greets him. Not only does the king greet him, but he ushers him right up to his own table. And he sits right next to this king of Babylon. Everybody is amazed. What in the world is going on here? Who is this man that he is so special that he gets to sit next to the king? Well, we have to go back 37 years to that time when uh, Babylon, or the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, when he went into Judah and captured all of Judah and Jerusalem and took captives back to Babylon. Along with those captives was the king of Judah, Jehoiachin, the man who now sits right next to the king of Babylon. For 37 years, Jehoiakim was confined and sat brokenhearted in a prison cell, thinking he had no future, thinking nobody remembered who he was or where he was, and that his destiny was to sit in that prison cell until his dying day. For all those years, he lived that way, until until this new king of Babylon came to the throne. 
Jeremiah tells us that in the year that Evel-Merodach became king, he released Jehoiakim and freed him from prison. Not only did he release him, he gave him new clothes, he gave him a daily allowance for the rest of his life, and he gave him the privilege of sitting at the king's table every time the king ate. This is not only a day of Evel-Merodach celebrating his coronation. This is a day that Jehoiakim is celebrating his freedom. This morning, we too are sitting at the king's table. And this morning, we too are celebrating our freedom. We are at the Lord's table because the Lord has come to us. The Lord has remembered us. The Lord has remembered what we need to be free from. Like Jehoiakim, we need to be free from the sin that that binds us and imprisons us. We need to be free from all that that captures our spirits that would cause us to live with confined and heartbroken lives. For into our lives, into the prison of our guilt and the power of of sin over us, into the prisons of our failures, into the prisons of our fear and uncertainty, comes this King, Jesus, who remembers us, each one of us, you and me. Jesus comes to us because he knows what we need. He knows that we need freedom. He knows that we need to have a word of freedom for our past, our present, and our future, just like Jehoiakim. So three things. The word of freedom for our past is forgiveness. Forgiveness. We need to be free from all that points a finger at us, all those voices that say to us, what's the use? You can never escape your sin. You can never escape your failings. You can never escape your shortcomings. You're never going to escape your inability to live that life that is totally pleasing to God. Those are fingers. Those are voices that keep coming at us. But it's not true. It's not true that we have to stay imprisoned. Jesus comes to say, I forgive you. I forgive you. The Apostle John writes it this way, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And now here comes the good news. If we confess our sin. God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's good news. I like the way Eugene Peterson expresses it in the message. If we claim that we are free from sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sin, make a clean breast of them, he won't let us down. He will be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us from all wrongdoings. That's good news. That's why this is the joyful feast of the people of God. It's a table of grace where we are reminded that we are free, that our sin is forgiven, that we have been invited to enjoy 
unrestricted fellowship with God our Father, with Jesus our Savior and Lord, and the Holy Spirit, God ever-present with us. No sin from the past or from the present can keep us away from this table, for we are forgiven. Regarding the present, the word of freedom is assurance. First, it's forgiveness. Now, it's assurance. When Jehoiakim came into the banquet room, he probably came in rather confused, disoriented, and maybe wondering if he even belonged there. Maybe he said something like this to himself, If I haven't been here before, where do I go? Where do I sit? However, when he came into that banquet room, he didn't have to wonder that very long because the king was waiting for him. The king was there to to welcome him. The king was there to guide him, to help him. So often life can become confusing. Directions and purpose can be difficult sometimes to find. Fears and anxieties can rise up, and we need someone to guide us now. And the assurance is that Jesus is here to do that. One of the phrases we hear in the invitation to the Lord's Supper is, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, invites us anew to this holy communion through which he will give himself to us. That's present. That's now. The truth of the gospel is that Jesus comes into the present moment of our lives, whether it is now or whenever that present is. And as we are gathered around his table this morning, Jesus is saying, I am here with you. The bread and the cup is an affirmation of that. Jesus says, This is my body broken for you, then, now. This is my blood shed for you, then, now. He said that when he was present with his disciples 2,000 years ago, and he's saying that to us now. When he said it then, and when he says it now, it is saying he is here now with us, assuring us of his presence. Yet that is not only true for this moment of our lives, it is true for every moment of our lives. The bread that we eat and the cup that we drink is spiritual food for today, yes, but it's also for our continuing journey of faith, an ongoing faith, a lifelong journey of faith, which leads to the third word of freedom, The freedom for the future word is promise. Forgiveness, assurance, promise. Ivo Merodach promised Jehoiakim that he would receive provisions that he needed for the rest of his life. A regular allowance as long as he lived. Another phrase in the invitation to the Lord's Supper is, all who intend to live a new life following the commandments of God and walking henceforth in his holy ways, are invited to draw near and to receive this holy sacrament. Henceforth is a future word. 
henceforth is what is yet to be. All who intend to live in the future following God's commandments are invited to this table. We do not know what the future is for us individually or collectively as Naperville Covenant Church. As individuals and as a church, we have plans. We have a sense of what the future is as we are reliant upon God's presence. Believing that God will give us the provisions we need to live life into whatever the future will bring. There's a fable, a story, about three turtles in an ice cream shop. Can you imagine that? Two larger turtles and one smaller turtle. And they go and they say, we need to go and enjoy an ice cream sundae. So they order their sundae. And uh, the two older turtles say, hmm, you know what? I think it's going to rain. So we're going to ask the younger turtle to go home and get the umbrella for us. A week goes by, and that younger turtle is not back. So these two older turtles, they say to each other, let's do it. Let's eat his ice cream sundae. And then from underneath the other end of the counter comes that little voice from that little turtle, I knew you would do that, therefore I didn't go. (laughs) (laughs) Concern about the future, whether it's going to rain or whether we need an umbrella or not, concern about the future kept the small turtle from taking action because he didn't know what the others were going to do about his Sunday. Would they keep their promise not to eat it? The unknown or fear of doing something that could jeopardize what is good, whatever the good is, can keep anyone stuck where they are. And it requires faith. Faith that Jesus is who he says he is. It's not blind faith. It is relying on the conviction, on the certainty of what we have already experienced of the faithfulness of Jesus. Who he is now is who he will be. What he promises today is what he will always promise. That he will be there with us, for us. Jehoiakim lived with faith trusting that evil Merodach would do what he said he would do. And that empowered Jehoiakim to freely live into each new day and not worry about what his future would be like. As every day he put on those new clothes that the king had given him, trusting that the king would always welcome him to his table. Coming to the Lord's table is an act of faith, believing that Jesus is here, Believing that Jesus has given himself body and blood broken and shed for us. And believing that Jesus is giving himself anew to us for, the, for us to move into the future days and years with him, with him by our side. It's also an act of faith in which we continue to give ourselves anew to Jesus. Trusting Jesus' promise that from henceforth, 
Jesus will give us the provisions of himself. Of himself. That we need to live in whatever the future will bring. Jehoiakim came to the king's table to celebrate his past, his present, and his future. May we come to this table affirmed that our past is forgiven, our present is assured of Jesus' presence with us, and that our future, we have the promise that Jesus will continue to provide his presence, that we will be fed and nourished in our life and our journey of faith. With ears of faith and with hearts of faith open, let us hear the words of the invitation to the Lord's Supper. This is the joyful feast of the people of God, to which Jesus invites us and through which he will give himself anew to each of us and lead us into a deeper fellowship with himself and each other. It is now our sacred privilege to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. All who humbly put their trust in Christ and desire his help, that they may lead a holy life. All who are truly penitent for their sins and would be delivered from them. All who walk in love with their neighbor and intend to live a new life, following the commandments of God and walking henceforth, walking future in his holy ways, are invited to draw near and to receive this holy sacrament. We come not because we must, but because we may. We come not to testify that we are without sin, but that we stand in constant need of God's mercy and God's help. We come not to express an opinion, but to seek God's presence and thank God for his love and his mercy and his grace given to us in Jesus whose body was broken and whose blood was shed for our salvation. There's going to be a response on the screen. I invite you to join with me. Uh, If you would read, respond with the bold print, please. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord. We praise and thank you, Lord. Therefore, with grateful hearts, we come to your table to remember you, Lord Jesus, giving your life for us. Amen.